Hey, welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. And today, we'll be talking about exploring your decisions. Do you ever stop to wonder and think about the decisions you make and why you make them? Wondering if you made the right decisions or if it could have been better? Whether it's the decisions you make in your everyday life or big impactful decisions you make a few times a year. They all add up to affect your life. Some of them will slowly be noticed over long periods of time, such as the foods you eat, how active you are that are going to impact your health. And some others will have immediate impacts such as looking directly at the sun that could damage your vision or placing a big bet that can lose you or make you a lot of money. Generally, the decisions that have those immediate impacts tend to grab our attention a lot more because we're going to notice those results a lot quicker. Much of our decisions comes down to an art form where we form opinions and act through processing that's influenced by our perspectives, emotions, reasons, and our memories. The ability to understand the benefits and the cost that comes with each choice helps us realize the potential outcome that gives us confidence in what we choose. The things that impact the quality of our decisions are information, deadlines, and emotional and physical resources. Some decisions can be made relatively quickly because we've been through them before, such as having waffles for breakfast because they're enjoyable and it provides the energy needed to operate throughout the day. Some other decisions might be to relocate to another part of the country to give yourself more or different opportunities. But this requires so much information to evaluate when to have that decision made and if you're emotionally stable to make that decision. Naturally, a decision like this would require so much more time and thought to help you be confident in what you choose. While we may not know all the information needed to make a good decision, we do so based on what we have at that time. And to a degree, we are taking a chance on the actions that we do take because there's so many unknowns that could happen even in our daily routines. Something unexpected might happen such as you sprain your ankle on your way to work where you tripped on a rock. And a common reaction might be to think, what if I paid more attention to what was on the ground that could have prevented this from happening? But it's likely that you didn't pay attention because it didn't happen before. So why should you do it now? That the past results that you got in would be the same thing you would do going forward. But just because it happened in the past does not mean that is the predictor of the future. But the past gives us a level of familiarity of what could happen again. So whatever it is we choose to decide, there's going to be a level of uncertainty. So those situations that are familiar with the decisions that are made tend to be fast and automatic. Those decisions that involve something you've never seen before or have very little experience in dealing with will take more time to work through all the things that could go well or could go wrong. What many of us are ultimately trying to do is make good decisions that improve the quality of our lives. And this starts with making informed decisions. And making informed decisions comes down to thinking critically without common mistakes and biases that we might have. It moves beyond just the follow my gut to make the right decision. 
by knowing what information you're lacking and how to gain it. Simply just relying on your gut to make good decisions is based on experiences you've been through. So it means having familiarity with something to feel confident in the decisions you make. But in the cases where the situation is unfamiliar, that is where the information that you gain can help you. Keeping an open mind when taking in that new information is going to help you move past some of your biases. So say you're a great athlete growing up and and you succeeded at all the sports that you played in. And now you want to venture off into becoming a head coach of a little league football team. Your experience can help you become a head coach, but you're going to need so much more to succeed in that new role that you decide to take on. It's going to be about recognizing that you've never coached a large group of players and they might be all motivated in some different ways and they're all going to respond slightly or maybe more dramatically to different tactics. And one thing is evident from one generation to another how that younger generation's response to the older generation will change. So that old school method of yelling at players and being very demanding of them, it might be really off-putting and ineffective that demotivates them. In a case like this, what would be really effective is talking to parents of the players to see how they best respond by figuring out their needs and wants for wanting to be there. It could be asking other coaches as well for for advice on how to conduct practices, how to manage the team during rough periods, how to handle losing, and just how to make it fun for everyone. It can be really easy to fall back on what worked for you as an athlete because your abilities are different from from theirs and your motivations are going to slightly different from theirs as well. If you look at Nick Saban, the head football coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, who's won six national championships under his tutelage, has been coaching since 1988. And he's talked about how his current generation of players respond differently to when he first started. He said before he could yell at his players and tell them to do something, and they would do it, no questions asked. But he says today's athlete responds much more effectively when you explain to them why they should do something, and he keeps his yelling to a minimum. So he was willing to recognize that it's become more of a partnership and less of, I'm your boss, do what I tell you to. And what's made him successful all these years is the ability to be relevant with today's players and the willingness to adapt and change. And he references that's why the dinosaurs no longer exist, because they could not change. While he's a very well-established, highly regarded coach, he will still ask for help to give his team an edge by bringing in different people that players can relate to. His willingness to bring in outside ideas has contributed to his success. And he recognizes that complacency has no room for that in his program. Once you can inform yourself with the information you need, you can combine that with your own experiences, your rational thinking, and giving yourself time to process to make good decisions. So what many of us want to know is, are we making the right decision? And the short answer is, There can be multiple right decisions. It's not so much right or wrong, but to a degree of what you were aiming for 
and how close you were to that. When we have so many options, it can be overwhelming with all the information that needs to get processed, that it can cause decision paralysis where you're not satisfied with your decisions because you think about all the other possible alternatives that you could have taken. Your mind could start to wander about all the things that could have played out if you took another route. But this just causes you to become lost in rumination of what could have been or what should have been that takes away your focus on what you can do now about the route you did decide to take. Find ways to simplify your decisions so you can avoid ruminating in all the alternatives that you did not take. If you look at the Navy SEALs as a reference for how they make decisions, they use a three-step method of first gathering input, second putting a deadline on when that decision needs to be made, and third course correcting when needed. When they gather input, they first seek out people who do not think like them to give them different perspectives of where their blind spots might be. Too many times we tend to seek out like-minded input, but this just gives you similar ideas of what you're thinking. By having different ideas, it gives the Navy SEAL so many different options, and then they can decide what's the best course to take. Putting a deadline is also crucial to their method, because if not, waiting too long causes value to be lost. The more time being put off on a decision, the less important that decision becomes, or at least appears. This can be something related to your health. The longer you take to make a decision on your health, the more costly it can prove later down the line, such as waiting too long to quit smoking or waiting too long to improve your diet by reducing the amount of sugar you consume. And then the third part that the Navy SEALs use is knowing when they need to pivot if necessary, as this is going to be crucial. And there's going to be times where each and every one of us makes a bad decision, but we always have the ability to reverse course if needed. And this requires a certain level of humility and intellect to help you make the right decision. When you're able to do this, it shows you're comfortable in who you are and not needing to appear right in the face of a bad decision. This is going to help you be more adaptable as new information comes to light that will help you better navigate the situation you're in. Having a method to your decision making can help you better make them and be more confident in the action you do decide. If left unexplored of how you're going to make your decisions, much of it will be based on your experiences, emotions, how you're feeling at that one particular time. That's going to lead you to what you've always known. Another thing you may want to consider is to identify what outcome you want when considering all the options you have. This helps you to clearly identify what you're ultimately trying to achieve. Without knowing what it is you want, there's a tendency to make the safest decision. But that may not be the best decision for you. That it keeps you in what's comforting. But what's comforting is not going to benefit you over the long term. Sometimes we get lost in seeing the individual trees that we miss out on seeing the forest. That the details of certain aspects are what occupy so much of our attention that keeps us fixated on it and makes it hard to move past it to see the other aspects to reach a a good conclusion. 
So when you understand what your end goal is, you can formulate ways on how to get there. That each part of the decision you're analyzing, you ask yourself, is this going to get me to the outcome I want or not? And from there, you can determine if you're willing to take on that risk. So you might be in a scenario where your ambition is driving you for something much more. That it's telling you, you have to make your dream happen. Where you might get hung up on is all the negative unknowns that could happen. And that's logical to have these thoughts. And you can use it to your advantage by identifying potential challenges on your path so you can be better prepared for when they arise. And if you can work through it mentally of how you would go about to resolve the challenges, you're acclimating yourself to it not being such a big hurdle to overcome. So with more decisions you make, that align with the outcome you want, you're building that momentum towards making it happen. And the more decisions that you make towards it, the more you you work through those unknowns that gives you confidence going forward that it can be done. Because we're striving to make good decisions, it's going to be important to know how to limit making bad ones to a degree. Understand that we're going to make bad decisions, but the key will be not to make too many of them that have a ripple effect on our lives. The things that lead to poor decision making are not gathering enough information or gathering too much information that it bogs you down from deciding on anything. Not having enough information can cause a mistake that could have been avoided like having guests over for dinner who has a peanut allergy when you fry chicken and peanut oil that causes a dire emergency. Or waiting to gain more business experience before starting your own business, which leaves you further and further behind. To help overcome this, aim to have just the right amount of information that gives you the confidence to make a decision and understand the ramifications that come with it. Another thing is mistaking opinions for facts, such as taking the advice from a friend on how to manage your finances simply because they come off as convincing and and this can prove very costly if you end up taking their advice while you may trust them it's going to be very important to distinguish the things that they say as their opinion from what's actual fact we tend to gravitate to those with a high amount of energy or conviction because it shows a greater sense of confidence but in a case like this when it comes to facts it should be purely objective so you can rationalize your way through it instead of feeling your way through it. Emotions will grab you to run to make decisions when you feel connected to it. While sometimes this can work well, there are other times it can prove very costly. When that feeling grips you, instead of deciding right away, sleep on it to get yourself back to a level state of thinking. This helps you to see things objectively, to find the flaws that are masked from feeling emotionally connected to a convincing opinion. Decision fatigue is also another factor that can influence you into making a bad decision. We all have about 35,000 decisions that we make on a daily basis on things that range from what am I going to wear this morning to how long am I going to brush my teeth to what time am I going to leave the house. And the more decisions we make, the more in quality it drops. And after about 800 decision, it starts to become more and more difficult to make that same level 
of quality decisions because there's a tendency to take shortcuts and go with the easiest option. So after a long, hard day of work, you'll tend to be in a more vulnerable and irritated state and making these decisions will be reflected when you do so in this manner. The majority of mistakes that happen in the workplace occur at the end of the day when people's focus is not as strong as it was in the beginning of the day. In a state like this, there's a tendency to be more emotional and reactive that makes you defensive, ready to ward off anything that bothers you in the slightest. If you look at car crashes, the peak time of the day for them occurring is between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m., with the most lethal time being from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Now, this time there are more drivers on the road trying to get home, and the amount of decisions that they've already made leaves them tired and more prone to reacting slower to all the information going on around them. So in cases like this, try to minimize decisions at the end of the day for simple ones that do not have such a big impact on things. Also, not learning from your past mistakes can also lead to repeating them. When you're not able to reflect on the bad decisions that you've made, you'll be less aware on how to avoid them because you'll continuously fall into that same routine that you've always done before. When things are familiar to us, the decision-making tends to be fast and automatic. So when you cannot recognize the error in the judgment you've made previously, you'll keep falling back into the same thing. It might be uncomfortable, embarrassing, or painful to recognize your past mistakes, but it's part of the process to help you make better choices. If you become oblivious to them, then over time, the results will show up. So being able to honestly assess the choices you've made is going to help you improve upon them. Once you can start to take responsibilities for what was within your control, you take things more objectively. Our past is there to remind us of what is important so we can make a better tomorrow. While it might be painful to process those thoughts, being willing to work through it will give you a chance to break free from the things that are holding you back. I know I've made plenty of bad decisions, and while naturally I'd want to try to deny that I was in the wrong, it did me no good to try to do that. All I can do for the better was to recognize my errors and apply those lessons going forward. It is not something I need to forget to move past it, but to make peace with it so I can move forward. For me, I'm more receptive when it came from myself because I can process them in a way that's digestible. If it's coming from somebody else telling me how I'm in the wrong, I'm not as willing to hear them out because while their intention might be good, the way they convey it is not in a helpful way. So through that alone time and self-reflection, I can move past some of those choices that I made that I would be ruminating on that clouds me from making good decisions going forward. Sometimes what makes a bad decision is indecision because it makes you less confident in your abilities to assess the proper course of action. It could mean opportunities passing you by, especially that opportunity of growth for yourself, that things are left to chance, not betting on yourself to make things happen. And when things are left to chance, you get what's left over, and usually that's crumbs. Ultimately, what decisions represents is free will, that you have the ability to affect the outcome, especially when it's the outcome of your life. Indecision is making a choice 
because you're actually choosing to hesitate. It means waiting for things to happen. The more indecisiveness takes over, the less ability you feel to make life what you want for yourself. It becomes more about restriction than liberation, more about surviving and less about thriving. I would rather make a decision to act than be indecisive because on some level I am exercising the power that I have. Now this is a little bit different from just showing patience because patience indicates you made a choice to act but you just want to see things through. This could be planting cucumbers in your backyard and you're being patient enough to let them develop as opposed to just being indecisive whether you should or you should not plant them. But in this particular case, by being indecisive, that choosing comes down to not wanting to plant them. But it's understandable why indecisiveness occurs because it comes with a level of risk or at least some missed opportunity in which way to go. In the end, just choose because you'll be much happier with yourself. Choosing means you get an answer to one of the scenarios you're contemplating. When you're indecisive, you get no answers to all the scenarios you're contemplating. Just remember, you will make bad decisions. That's just part of what we all do. And you can choose to dwell on it and say, what if I did this? Or I should have done that. Or you can evaluate what went on and apply the lessons that you gain going forward. And all those times that you tell yourself, if I did this or if I did that, use those principles for the next time and tell yourself, the next time I'm in this situation, I will do this, I will do that. So aim to learn from those bad decisions you make, especially those big ones. But if you make them, so what? Your perseverance and resiliency will help you see it through. The goal should not be to not make bad decisions, but to ultimately make better and better decisions. And sometimes that comes from learning from our mistakes. Reframe seeing mistakes as what went wrong, but what needs to be done better. A wiser move would be learning from bad decisions others have made. Sometimes you'll find out over the long run is a decision is only seen as bad in the short term, but sometimes that's what's needed to propel you forward over the long term. Use the mistakes of others to learn from as this is going to help you get comfortable in admitting your own. So with every decision you make, you are holding yourself more and more accountable that weans you off from needing the herd to endorse you. This gives you the ability to self-regulate yourself, to know when to correct, that helps you draw further strength to be better, that you have the confidence to take on the consequences of the risk that you're willing to endure. This helps you break free of consistently playing it safe, willing to take the bumps along the way that can benefit you. That is why the term is called growing pains. Pain is part of the process of growing. It is actively telling you progress is underway and it wants you to feel it. In moments like this, it just further develops the composure and resiliency that deepens the belief within yourself. You'll gain the perspective of taking a short-term loss for a long-term gain that results in collecting a big payday later on. But this also accustoms you to the volatility that can cause so many other people to waver during difficult times. And being able to see it through will help you get to a prosperous tomorrow. Without accountability, you'll constantly feel the need to have consistent support to build yourself up. Almost like a crutch depending on something to hold you up. 
that what others think of you is more important than what you think of yourself. And for you to make great decisions, it's being accepting in who you are and willing to admit to bad decisions. Learning from them so you can make even better ones that improves how well you live. While one single decision may not make or break you, a series of combined decisions are a result of how your life plays out. The choices you make yesterday and today will eventually show up in your future. Not sure when, but they will. The lure of the results taking time to materialize can make us forget those decisions. If you're not happy with the choices you make, you can always make better ones by aligning them with your values. Collectively, what you decide carries significant weight that's going to tip the scale that makes a difference in how satisfied you are. There's more than one right decision for you. In bad ones, are you just doing things that have not yet worked out? In these times, take a step back, evaluate things because you can always course correct. Forgive yourself and let go of the things that you hold on to that continues to obstruct the belief within yourself. You can always make the choice to be your better self starting now. Figure things out to work for you and that will involve bad outcomes at times, but that's an opportunity to experience adversity, to turn things around and appreciate the things in your life. Clear your eyes and live with a full heart for you'll be victorious in your journey. Well, I hope you all enjoy this podcast. If you're interested in more topics like this, Become a member at thrivingminds.live. All right, until next time.